Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow, alongside my trusty sidekick here, Dwayne Drawn. What's going on, Dwayne? Not much. Um living a dream. I would say chilling like a villain, but there's no chilling right now. You would think that we're in all out spring right now. It's crazy. Yeah, man, we're feeling it too. It's, it's insane. And so much of next year is already booked and it's such an incredible space to be in right now. And, you know, it's a whole different animal to, to manage, you know, this isn't something that our industry is used to. So how do we save? How do we make sense of it all? How do we make sure we're not spending money now that we're going to need next year? Oh, there's just so many different things we got to be thinking about now as owners, but, uh, it's a good problem to have. And I'm glad you're seeing it as well. There's a wild thing that I'm dealing with. I texted to you yesterday that I'm, I'm getting deposits from clients and I'm trying to get it out of my bank account and get it to my contractors and they're denying. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want that on their books. I've never had this problem before ever. (laughs) No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like we don't want any more money. Don't give us any more money. money. Hold it until new year. I'm like, I don't want it. Yeah. 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 There's always strategies for those things we can chat about for sure. But uh, today, guys, we got a special guest on. We've been on his podcast. He's he's out there changing the industry. Love this guy. Uh, he's a speaker, an author. He's a CEO of Ramblin' Jackson out there in Colorado. He has a podcast uh, called The Landscaper's Guide to Modern Sales and Marketing. He has a new book out called The Tree of Good Fortune. And I think he actually has a second new book, and he's going to tell us all about that as well. Uh, Landscaper's Guide to Modern Sales and Marketing. So without any further ado... Jack Justice, welcome. Josh, Dwayne, thanks for having me back. Hey, man, it's good uh, to see you. It's it's a pleasure to have you back on. It's always a good conversation, and I know you've got a wealth of knowledge and tons of experience in you know the sales and marketing side of things, especially in our industry. So I'd love to you know get uh, deeper into that today and let our listeners you know learn some new stuff, some different angles they might not have thought about. And I know you have a lot of that. So anyway, before we get into that, Ramblin' Jackson, what the hell does that even mean? How did you get, come up with that? <laughs> That's a good- a good question. You know, so so about 13 years ago, I moved to Colorado and I played in a rock band. I played played mandolin in like a bluegrass jam band. And uh, my my first job out of college was doing door to door sales as a milkman at a dairy farm. And so I was, uh, they had kind of like Western nicknames for people. There was this guy, Wild Bill and Wild Bill was hilarious because he would carry his own no soliciting signs. So if you told him, if you knocked on the door and and somebody was like, dude, get out of here. I don't want you. He'd say, Hey, do you want to buy a no soliciting sign? (laughs) Right. So, so, so it was kind of a fun sales team. And I was going on tour with my band and the sales manager said, well, Jack, are you coming back or are you a rambling man? And they just started calling me rambling Jack. <clears throat> and when I was starting my marketing company, cause I was really bored selling milk. I'm really grateful that I did it. I learned a lot. That's a big part of what I do now. Uh, I was 
looking for a name and I was, I was planning to call myself the web success consultants. And my buddy from college is like, Hey, I'll design your logo, but dude, that is a terrible business name. I can't let you do that. And I'm like, well, they call me rambling Jack at the dairy. He's like, great. You're in Colorado. We'll go with this Western theme. And he created our logo, which is a horseshoe. And when I went to buy ramblinjack.com, GoDaddy said, Hey, somebody already owns ramblinjack.com, but ramblinjackson.com is available. And at that time I was just thinking, Hey, I'm going to be a freelance marketing guy ramblinjackson.com let's do it and then over the years it it I, it stuck with me and i i really like it and uh, it's you know i've got notepads and things so uh that's that's where ramblin jackson came from that's wild how you hear people's history and stories but i do got a question though you were bored as a milkman how the hell could you get bored as a milkman you, know what I mean? like, <laughs> you mean there's there's not any kids out here that look like you come on man <laughs> i want to know the real story this is the outer spaces you got to tell the real stories <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was an adventure. It was a good time. Um, well, so, you know, so right now it's, it's December and I don't know if you've tried to do door to door sales in the winter, but when, when it's actually winter, like right, not right now, this is fake winter. It's like super warm, but when it's cold, people do not want to open their door. And, and, and when they open their door, they are thinking about how much money it's costing them for all the cold air coming in and they don't want to invite you into their house and they're not going to get out of their house. So, you know, winter doing like, it, it was a really fun job in the spring, summer and fall. Um, it was kind of hilarious. You know, you knock on people's door uh, and first you do some prospecting, right? You look for families that have kids, you look for bikes and basketball hoops, people that are, they're more likely to drink milk and need to get it delivered. So you prioritize those places and you knock and I'd say, Hey, I'm Jack, the milkman. Do you drink milk? You know, and they, <laughs> and they would laugh, right? So they would laugh and I would laugh. And I had this big two ton box truck. It was a milk truck. And they were like, you deliver milk are you serious? I'm like, yeah, it's in glass bottles. And it was a legit family business. It's, it's still a great company. They're still in business. They've been around for a long time. But after a while, um, you know, I got, yeah, I don't really care if you drink milk, <laughs> Yeah, honestly, you know, and it was kind of like, I, you know, I don't even, I'm not, I'm, I'm not excited by knowing the answer to that question anymore. And I actually learned while I was working there that I'm lactose intolerant. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. That actually the way you were describing so, that with the uh, the door and all that stuff, it sounded like the entry to a porn, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you can almost hear the uh, banjos in the background kicking in. This question just can keep just keep getting worse and worse and worse. So I'm going to stop at the surface. Got <laughs> <laughs> to keep you under control, Dwayne. This will go wrong quick. <laughs> But, you know, it is kind no, of dope awesome that to that's the beginning of your marketing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is the beginning of your marketing sales career is, you know I mean, door to door, mm -hmm. you mean, sales. I mean, a, a lot of some of your top salesmen or your top marketers or you, even your top book writers have started on this door to door sales. I mean, it's brutal. Like my beginning was car sales. And if anybody knows how brutal that is. Mm. 
that's a brutal business. You I mean, it doesn't matter how many cars I sold this month, next month, it starts all over again. It doesn't matter how many cars I sold on yep. Saturday, on Monday, it's all over again. And it doesn't matter if you sold, I, I sold six cars in one day. That was the greatest thing the dealership ever seen. That was on Tuesday and on Wednesday, I wasn't shit again. You know what I mean? So it, it's a process and it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah, it was. And it, it was also, you know, that was a great experience because the only way to succeed in it is to work hard every day and then, and then continue to think about, well, what worked, what, 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 what can I do again that worked yep. to help me not spend? I mean, there's nothing worse than having, like, there were sometimes a week where I didn't make any sales Yep. and that just, it's just demoralizing in some ways. Um, and then, yeah, there were some days where I made 10 sales or 12 sales and like, I was making a ton of money and, you know, that was fun. Um, but, but one of the, one of the things that it made me learn was to get comfortable talking about money with people. And I got practice talking about a very small amount of money. I mean, people would be spending $20 a month, mm-hmm. right? $50 a month, you know, but I had, I had never had any real experience. Well, I had some experience with my band selling my band and booking my band and getting paid uh, or, or not getting paid. Right. Mm-hmm. And then having to follow up with people. But um, it, it was a great experience. I would definitely recommend to anyone listening who is either thinking of getting into business or if you have kids uh, door-to-door sales, working somewhere that has sales training is foundational to business. Absolutely. And I learned um, a lot from there. And I even mentioned the sales manager um, in my book, in my book, Tree of Good Fortune, I mentioned the sales manager from the dairy because I just learned so much from him. That's really cool. That's really cool. And, you know, Dwayne was in car sales. I was in a garden center most of my you know youth. So it was all about connecting the right person to the right, you know, solution, whether it's a plan or whatever it might be. Right. So mm-hmm. it's always doing that and being told no a million times, then yes, and all that. But you build those muscles when you're young. It's really important stuff. So, all right, Jack, you're delivering milk. Find that you're lactose intolerant. This isn't going to work. How the hell do you end up in the landscape marketing and, and, and sales world? Like, how, where, how does that happen? Get us there. Yeah. So, so prior to that, prior to all of this, when I was in high school, well, backing up to when I was a kid, I did a lot of gardening mm. with my grandmother and my mom, and we always got the the calendar from Pesci's Flowers, and it was this beautiful print color calendar, and it was where we wrote down soccer practice, whatever was on the calendar, family vacation, whatever we're doing. So I was looking at that all the time. And I used to go to the garden center all the time. And that was my first job. Well, after getting fired from Panera bread company, uh, when I was like 15, when I was 16, when I could start to drive, I worked at a garden center and I worked there every spring and summer for I think five or six years. Uh, but that was more, I just, that was just a part-time job. Um, so fast, fast forward back into selling milk. I was you know, I really wanted to help people with writing. I, my, my, I studied journalism in school. I studied theater and journalism and plan a was to go with the band and plan B was journalism that year, 2008 market crashed. 
um, Rocky Mountain News, 149-year-old newspaper, went out of business. Mm -hmm. And there was very quickly this big shift to digital. And I realized that, hey, I'd actually been managing my band's Facebook, MySpace, and email newsletter for about six years. And this was suddenly like a viable business skill set. Like in college, it was just like, how do I get people to come see my band? And now it's like, all right, businesses need to start using email marketing, Facebook, social media. And I had the skill set of writing and I started doing freelance writing. Um, and, and I actually bought into a multi, multi-level marketing pyramid scheme that I thought was a local SEO product. So I actually sold local SEO, this like bullshit product. And then that company went out of business and I made three sales and I went to them and I said, Hey, the company that I sold you, this from went out of business. It doesn't work. The first one was like, dude, this is like the fifth time this has happened. I'm out of here. The other two, um, one was an it company and the third one was my sales coach. And so I ended up bartering with them. I'm like, let me do work for you. And so I started writing their website content, writing their, their email newsletter content. And I kind of like worked off what I had sold to them. And then they referred me. So I'd suddenly like got referrals (laughs) to other small businesses who needed writing. And in that process, I met a guy, Jeffrey Magner, who ran a local SEO company and I would do sales and the copywriting and he did the technical part of SEO. And we just kind of organically started working together, started kind of like a landscape company, pulling in independent contractors to do web development. And I was kind of suddenly became the like project manager of these, these things. And I realized there was this huge opportunity for small businesses that needed, they needed websites, logos, SEO, And in town, there were only these giant ad agencies or there was the like newspaper that was like trying to figure it out while I was figuring it out. And I figured it out a little better. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so it kind of just happened. And then I started public speaking for Constant Contact, the email marketing company. And they hired me to speak at the Pro Green Expo, which is the landscape show here in Colorado. And I told my story and I was like, hey, I used to work at a garden center and I just kind of got along with landscapers and garden centers and they got amazing results. So it all kind of, it all just kind of led into each other. And I eventually, I knew I needed to, I wanted to grow an agency and I needed to pick uh, what I call in my book, a hell yes customer. And after this was like eight years in of working with everyone from the garden center to the chiropractor, to the ice cream place, to the yoga studio, to the dentist, to the CPA, um, trying everything. I was like, my landscapers are getting amazing results and I like working with them and they pay me. They pay me well. So, so it was part of it was just, there's been over the last decade, this growing demand for landscaping and people use the internet to find landscapers. So, you know, 12 years ago, I never would have thought, Oh, I'm going to have a marketing company for landscape companies. (laughs) Exactly. It's (laughs) not usually the goal. I'm really glad (laughs) that I'm glad that I've ended up where I'm at because I'm really enjoying you know, Jack, it. As I listen to you, I actually almost went down the same path. Like I I'm wow. This is like a pivotal moment. And I just realized this, <clears throat> this, this had to happen. What? 2003, 2004, somewhere around that time. 
This was like 2008, 2009 for me okay. when I started. It was around 2003, 2004. There was this shift into the internet websites and all that other stuff. And then our company, Paverstone Design Group, we were like the first companies to have a website. And we were annihilating the market because we actually had a website. And no other companies really did. And we were just killing it. And the company who built my website started, uh, they were called Firm Media. It actually, clear imaging. But we started a company called Firm Media design. And I was actually going to go your route, um, do all the marketing for companies, things like that. But I was such a contractor. I didn't see the life of how does that even take off? How do you even staff that? I just knew how to do construction. Mm -hmm. And actually it does make sense that when I look at your marketing, look at you, I see that you're more on that marketing side. I don't see the landscape contractor side. How do you relate to the landscape contractors in general? The, the main way is through just learn, continually learning about what works. And I'm fascinated by construction and plants, and I genuinely just appreciate what landscapers do, and they, they can tell. So I'm really curious about how do you do it. Like It's really fascinating to me, the idea of selling a landscape project, managing it, getting all the crews together is really, I, I like the team building aspect of it. So though I'm not directly a landscaper, um, I've worked with literally hundreds of landscapers at this point. And I run a, a mastermind where I meet with them. So I'm continually learning and I'm able to kind of come in and see the big picture of here's what you're doing. Here's your sales process. Here's how this one page of your website could fit into your sales process. And I'm able to go and do the writing for them. Most landscapers do not like doing writing. Yeah. Not, I, 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 some of them do, right? I have a handful of clients who are like, yeah, I love writing. Most of them are like, I want to be outside exactly. selling things, building things, growing things. And I'm able to come in and help them with the, the things that they don't really like to do. No, it makes perfect sense, Jack. And, you know, it's, it, most of us get into the landscaping world because we love to be outside. We love building cool shit with our hands and all those words just get in the way. We need somebody who loves to do that stuff. So that's great that they have that resource through you, of course, to, to make that a lot easier for them and to help move their message along to the right people. Um, so I know you're obviously busier in hell here, writing books and all that kind of stuff, which is awesome. Giving back to the industry. Um, tell us a little bit about what kind of pushed you in the writing for the industry and also some nuggets. If you can drop on our people, I'm sure they're anxious to be like, hmm, what am I going to get today from the outer spaces podcast? So uh, go for it. Yeah. So, so I just published my second book, the tree of good fortune. And the subtitle is the landscaper's guide to modern sales and marketing. Got it. Okay. So it's all, it's just one book that I, that I came out with. My first book was called get found online. And I wrote it honestly, because I was answering the same questions so many times to clients that I needed a way to compile all of it. And I had, I've been making a weekly video blog and podcast for about 12 years. So I have, I have literally hundreds of them, but they were all over the place. So the first book was like, okay, here's one place to answer all these questions. And in it, a lot of times people will come to me and they'll say, Jack, I think I need to be doing Google AdWords or, Hey, I'm paying somebody to post on Facebook, but it's not working. And I created something in my first book called the foundation of digital marketing, where we help people establish their branding 
their website, their local SEO, and their online reviews. I call that the foundation because if you spend money on Google AdWords or social media to drive somebody to a terrible website yeah. or your Google reviews, if you have a two-star average, your Google AdWords aren't going to work, right? Your, your social media isn't going to work. People are going to find out that you're not very good. So, so that's really what the book is all about is helping people go in the right order. And I, I call, you know, social media and online advertising, the bonus steps. When you go in the order I've outlined in this book, you don't even need to do a lot of social media or online advertising. Now for your podcast, for my podcast, yeah, social media makes sense for a local contractor. There are so many people searching on Google for landscaping. Like if you can, if you can get found there, you can, between that and word of mouth, you're going to, you're going to have more business than, than you could handle. Absolutely. No, I love that. I know some of I know some of our students and I, even some, you know, in our, in our classes, they, they go through, they learn sales, all that's great. But then I say, all right, let's take a look at your website. And, you know, they want to be selling six figure projects, but they're showing like $5,000 projects on their website. So there's a gigantic chasm between what they're showing when the client sees it on Google or whatever, and what they're actually trying to do. So the first question is, well, how the hell do we get there? How do we get clients to say yes for those bigger projects? And we don't have pictures. We haven't done any of that yet. And, you know, that the, the big question here is, how do you do it? So how would you suggest that people do that? Well, so in the book, I have, so the first thing we do is we create what I call your hell yes customer. And that's when you get a lead through your website or a referral or a phone call. You're like, hell yes, I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. And it's a few things. It's which services do you want to sell? Is it, Are you selling uh, annual maintenance plans that include snow removal? Are you a commercial contractor? What kind of commercial? Is it a HOA or is it a hospital? You know, a lot of people, a lot of landscapers are kind of vague with what they want and they get all kinds of leads, but you want to get really specific of what services do you want? What service area, right? Geographic, where do you want leads? And then what kind of budget do they need to have? So once you're clear on that, that answers a lot of questions of on your homepage, do you have photos of your hell yes projects? And it can go the other way, Josh. I have a client who came to me and he said, he's out in Jersey. He's like, Oh, Jack, I hate getting these uh, leads for these big ass pool projects that have a water feature and a roofing project. I've got to get a permit from the city for all this stuff. And guess what? All of his photos were on his homepage. They were all big ass projects with a pool water features and things. His, his actual hell yes. Customer was like $150,000 less than that. So a lot of times people put their biggest, baddest, most expensive project ever. And then, and then they, they're not actually staffed to handle it. So it's not always about being bigger. It's about like, well, what do you want? Maybe you're really good at front yard installations. Maybe your ideal project is $5,000 and you're in and out with a small crew in a day, right? Maybe that's cool. Like go for it, whatever, whatever it is, getting that clear, And then doing what I call the hell yes photo test. So you look at the photo and is this a hell yes, this is what I want now, or is, wow, this is what I thought I wanted three years ago when I started my business and it's not what I want anymore. Okay, you got to prune those out, remove those photos because the photos have a big impact on your customers. They're going to see that and they're either going to say, yeah, I want that or I don't want that. I I want something bigger. 
or different. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You only get a hell yes client when you have hell yes pictures that you're saying hell yeah about, yeah. right? It's a, it's a perfect circle right there. And like you were alluding yeah. to, it's about focus. What the hell do you want to do when you grow up? Who do you want to be? You know, as a business, let's start focusing there now. Yeah. Well, and, and you have to go and do the work to figure that out. Yeah. So in my business, I needed to go and work with all of the businesses. I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity in order to figure out, oh, I really want to work with landscapers and it's working for landscapers. You, you, I think there's a period where you've just got to go do projects and you get referrals and you yeah. do them. And then you take a look back and say, okay, what was my profit margin on this? Do I like it? Am I staff for this? Um, the other, and, and this time of year, I don't know when is this, when this episode's coming out, but like winter time before spring, you've got to get this dialed in because you're going to get leads for what you put out there. And if you're getting a bunch of leads for projects you don't want, that's going to stress you out. It takes time. Yep. Uh, if you're going out and doing estimates, right? <laughs> there are several, you know, it can be 12 hours a week as a result of your bad marketing. Jack, you, you are You're so correct about this. Just like you said about the other guys getting those bigger jobs. Like we've, we've hit this marketing arena where we are dealing with these jobs and we're having a hell of a time dealing with permitting and things like that. Like it's such next, next level now that even the permitting departments don't even know what the hell we're doing. So we're dealing with that, but that's not my question. I was just, just hitting on that. When you are looking at some of these businesses and you're walking into them, what are some of the greatest, I mean, I, it, it, if the, the first thing that you see is the biggest problems and, and then the first thing you feel you need to change right now when you talk to them. Well, yeah. So I, I always, you know, again, get clear with people on what do you want? And that's often something that they haven't thought about in a long time as well. I, I don't know. I've always just been after more leads for years. Well, you don't want more leads. You want a certain kind of lead. And then, so, um, the, you know, in addition to the photos, the other thing that I really look at is the geographic component on their website. So the, the, the original reason I created the tree of good fortune is it is I have a limb for each city and a branch off of that for each service. So this is the key to the service that I do for my clients. And I tell people how to do it in this book. So Dwayne, let's use you. You're in Naperville area, mm -hmm. right? So, so where like what other suburbs or, you know, areas outside of Naperville are also like a hell yes customer for uh, you? Uh, Lyle, uh, Aurora, um, St. Charles, Elgin. Got it. So, and then what service would you really want leads for? Uh, outdoor living, space design, so home remodeling pergolas. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, sure. So outdoor living for sure. I know that that's the key word I've done this. So I would look at your website and I would see, okay, do we have a page for outdoor living? Okay. Do we have a page for outdoor living in Lyle? Do we have an outdoor living page in Aurora? Do we have an outdoor living page for St. Charles? Do we have an outdoor living page for Elgin? Chances are the answer is no. I actually haven't looked at your website, but Typically when I meet with landscapers, they have one page about the services they do. They have a quick little bulleted list. We do outdoor living, pergolas, paver patios, uh, spring cleanup, fall cleanup, and then whatever else they do. It's one page. But the way Google works is they rank web pages 
not websites. So if you give, if you Google a nice page for each city and service you offer, you can rank at the very top of Google. And that's how you get leads for those specific services. And then on that page, right, you put the hell yes photos of outdoor living. I don't want to see yard cleanup photos when I'm trying to get inspired about outdoor living. Like, give me, give me what I want. Um, so that, that's usually where I start with people next is once I know who their hell yes customer is, which has that geographic part, we, we then build out those pages. And if you, if you look on Google, you're going to see house home advisor, you're going to see, I don't know, maybe Angie's list or something else. You're going to Yelp you're going to, and what are you going to see? They've built out a page for St. Charles landscape design. And then they list all the contractors who pay to be on that page. And I'm like, screw that dude, build your own page. Yeah. I often out, my goal is to outrank those other websites yeah. <laughs> and you're, yeah. And then, and now they're on your I website agree because they, they, uh -huh. they're, they don't know your town. So they have some, they have a bunch of programmers sitting in office just <clears> saying, <throat> let's put a page for Naperville, but they don't really know Naperville. And so if you know Naperville, you can come here and just really dial it in. Um, I actually used to do that when, when we did a lot of marketing on website and stuff like that, I actually did that. I used to do landing pages for different markets, everything. Now our, it, I don't, I can even turn the webpage off right now. The leads will, still come in nonstop. So it just sort of now just come here, take a look at this. We deal. We're all, we're already going to buy from you anyway. So that's sort of where we're at now with it. Yeah. From that, just from word of it's, mouth. Um, social media marketing word of mouth. We mm -hmm. have a really unique form of social media marketing. That's just insane. It's total insanity. Um, I can do it. Put it this way. If I, if I did it today, I would produce 10 leads today. If I did it today. Like I get it any, wow. any day that I want to do it, I'll produce leads. You mean any day I want to do it? Well, so, so here's the thing. So you mm -hmm. can do it. And so in my book, I actually list out examples of, of the local business owner or the people on their team doing mm -hmm. it. I think the mistake that a lot of people make is they outsource it. Like GoDaddy, GoDaddy does social media posts. How much do you think GoDaddy knows about landscaping? None. How much do they know about Naperville? Did what outdoor living, do you think they know what outdoor living is? Right. So now you have somebody who's like posting a, a photo of a stock image of like landscaping or something, right. That doesn't work. If Dwayne's out there posting a selfie or a video, or he's at a job site and he's with the homeowner's dog. And like, it's like a real experience that that'll work on social media. I just think it, it takes time and you need to know how these to do it. These other people don't know how to do it. There, there's no engagement. When you look at these large companies doing it, there's just no engagement. I don't mind giving the tips out yeah. there. I mean, mm -hmm. that's why people are listening to the podcast guys. The secret is in the groups. Okay. So here's what happens. Okay. And I'll tell you that this is actually how my life changed. And this is worth millions of dollars right now. Cause it's actually made me several billions of dollars since I started doing this. So when I got back from the UPW, the first Tony Robbins, UPW, Tony Robbins said, come back and produce massive action. So what happened was the way I paid for the UPW, I was pissed off at a job that went sour on me. And I wrote a story and I posted it in 
one of the group pages. And I got some phone calls and a client actually called and I signed the contract like two days before the UPW. And I was like, actually get that. I didn't have to Uber as hard. I got a little extra money to go do the UPW. So while I'm there at the UPW, I'm like, damn, that story worked. So when I got back home, I just started writing stories and start posting photos about jobs and what we were doing. And then what I realized is in my area, now everybody has different areas. We had what you called what's happening groups. So they were what happening in Naperville, what's happening in Aurora, what's happening in Elgin. And I noticed that there are 65,000 people, 40,000 people in each group. So I created this spreadsheet on every single town. It came up to like 300 and something thousand people. And so every single day I would pick a different one. And I, instead of being buy for me, this is me, this is my shit. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. I, I wrote stories about how we met the client, how exciting it was, what they saw, what, what we produce. And the phone lines, as Joshua, the phone lines lit the F up. And I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll tell the whole story. I was an eviction on that day, that time. And I was Ubering to try to pay bills. So really, so if you're an eviction and you're Ubering, you just don't have money. In three and four weeks, I was able to make, I had to pay the new place, two months security deposit of $2,000 a month, plus the plus the first month's rent and people to move. So basically nine, 10 grand that I made in three weeks, I was able to move, put my family in a nice place and never look back since. And that's been two and a half years ago. And now we're hitting close to $3 million in sales because of writing these stories. So that's how we do our marketing. It's insane. Dude, that, that, yeah, I, lo- I love amazing. that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I'm in a, I'm in a small town and people ask all the time, Hey, who do you know who does whatever? And that's where, you know, being there and having a Facebook page with good reviews. So when people mention you, your page shows up and the reviews are there and then you proactively posting a story in there is amazing. Yeah. I think what doesn't work that most people don't get is like creating a business page and posting something there, you know, Facebook's algorithm, it's, it's like less than half a percentage of people who follow your page will even see it. Yeah. Right. So if you, if you were lucky and had 200 people, like maybe a few of them literally would see it. (laughs) So, so yeah, work in the group. Um, I love that. Yeah, I tell you what is happening though. Is. Um, I don't do a bunch of posting on my business page, and then I have like the the social media experts telling me I need to. Um, so every once in a while, I'll do something over there. But here's what is happening: is because of the posting that I do in these groups, my business page is exploding. I mean, every time, every day, um, there's 20, 30, 40, 50 people who just became followers. So I'll, I'll do stuff over there. And I, I'm, I'm actually starting to think about doing education on that side now, instead of saying, this is me, this is me, just do more education, maybe promote a speaking event or something like at my office, we have a big, um, big show, not, not like a, like a big classroom. So I'm thinking about doing, maybe doing like a once a month outdoor living classroom because outdoor living is still not trending on Google. If people still don't know, you call your local landscaper and he just puts a big fat ass patty in your backyard. They don't think about outdoor living. So I was thinking about doing that to start educating the community about outdoor living and just do more education on that page. Um, but it's happening. You mean, you just, you just build and go from there. You figure it out. Number one company is a successful marketing company. That's how you become number one. Learn how to market. Yep. That's all businesses is marketing and innovation. Yeah. That's Hire it. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't let him sell you milk. Uh, well, 
That's right. I, and I, you know, I drink uh, oat milk now. Oh, wow. You know, is there a market for it's, delivering uh, that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. You know, that would be, that would be, that would prob- probably not. Probably not. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine honestly doing door to door right now with COVID and everything. Yeah. Um, I think, I think maybe, maybe now people would be cool with it, but like a year ago, people would be so freaked out if you were knocking on their door. Yeah. <laughs> I can even remember the last time I that saw would... a Jehovah's witness at my door. I'm usually every month, two months they come by, but now they're sending letters and they got to keep it moving. Right. But it's like, wow, even Jehovah's witnesses right. have stopped coming <laughs> to the door. Jack, when did you leave Chicago? Crazy. Um, 2004. Okay. So it's, it's been a while. Um, 2013, 14 is when I moved here. Um, that's when we had the first polar vortex that, I, that I've ever experienced. And it was like negative, you mean 30 degrees, you mean wind chill and all that stuff. I actually had an Edwards Jones guy knock on my door for, um, uh, to get us to, to do business with him and 30 below. I could not believe it. Yeah. Wow. That guy's a hustler. That's a, that, that's a go-getter right yeah. there. Yeah. That's something. So Jack, what else you got in that book? You know, some other nuggets you want to drop on our people here so they can go home and get started and roll their sleeves up. Yeah. So, so I love, I love Dwayne's note about, you know, groups, Facebook groups. And in the book, I, I tell a story of a nursery and garden center. They, they pr- back to the education thing, they produce their own uh, show. It's called the shades of green show. And so they make videos on their iPhone now they have some gear like tripods and basic mics and stuff, but, um, they make video content that then goes on YouTube. It goes on their email list. their goes on their social media. So they're, they're proactively producing content. Um, and I really like that. The, the one thing I would, I would say, you know, given this time of year is, is to, how can you become the most reviewed contractor in your town? How can you become the most, the most highly rated and this impacts your recruiting, right? So a big problem in, in the industry right now is finding people who want to work on your team. There are people out there who want to work and they want to work for a leader. They want to work for a good company. And one of the ways they're going to evaluate that is, Hey, are you a two-star Chuck in a truck? Or are you, do you have like 50, 60, 100 Google reviews, right? And the same thing with customers, this can absolutely help you stand out. So this would be one thing that you could do right now after you listen to this podcast is email your google review link to your customers and say hey Dwayne, could you help me out and write a, a short give us some short feedback on google we'd really appreciate it like just proactively sending that out and getting that as part of your everyday process can help you over time get the most reviews and that helps you show up online and it also can definitely impact your sales and, and your recruiting. Nice. Oh, I love that for sure. I'll, I'll take it. Um, when you do that, uh, let's see, actually, when you do that, cause I actually started doing that. And one of the, I think Josh, Joshua and I, we probably are on the same boat on this. Um, he probably works with more clients a year than I do, but when it actually comes to doing a job, we're all of 12, 13 homeowners a year. You mean not like another landscaping company that has, you mean 100 clients and stuff a year. I mean, we have design clients, but I, I, it, it, I would sometimes consider them. But I think as when a, when a client finishes with us is actually when the whole build is done to me, that's a finish. Um, 
I mean, how do you even do that? Like, is that something at the end of the year you do it at the job and just try to build that up over time? Because obviously I'm not going to yeah. build a hundred, you mean, in the next month, Jimmy, trying to do that. Yeah. So, so I, I, it, it needs to be part of your sales process. So if you're a design build company, it would probably happen at the final walkthrough. And I would, by the way, I would get, I would tell them that I'm going to ask for their feedback early when I'm selling to them. Like, Hey Josh, you know, today we're going to walk through your yard. And if we move forward together, the next step, I'm going to um, send you our design agreement and you can pay a deposit online or whatever it is. And at the very end of the project, like three months from now, would it be okay if I asked you for, for feedback online? Oh yeah. Great. So now I've kind of planted a seed then halfway through the project, like, Hey, Josh, how are we doing? How are you feeling about things? Good. Okay, good. I hope so. Cause we'd love to get an online review from you. And now at that final walkthrough, Hey, Josh, remember how we talked about online feedback? I'm going to send you an email with a link. Will you fill it out for me? Yeah. And I've just asked you a question. And if you tell me, yes, the chance of you actually doing that for me goes up a hundred percent. If I just randomly send you a review request and we've never talked about it, the chance goes down, um, way, you know, it's way okay. less likely now. So that makes sense for like a design build construction type thing. If we were doing landscape maintenance, I would recommend that you do it quarterly because this, this actually, this is one of the ways I help my clients retain accounts. We use first party reviews where we're getting, Hey, Dwayne, on a scale of zero to 10, how likely are you to recommend, um, justice landscapes to a friend? Dwayne just gave me a six. I'm only four months into my annual service with Dwayne. Do you think Dwayne's going to renew if he feels a six out of 10, probably not. So I'd call Dwayne and say, Hey Dwayne, what's happening, man? I noticed you gave me a six out of 10. What's up? And, and usually it's a miscommunication. Hey, I thought you were going to do this and I might need to tell you, Hey, we actually do that in the winter because that's the best time to prune this plant or whatever it is. Um, so for, so to answer your question, it, it needs to fit into your customer relationship where it makes sense. And for construction, usually at the completion for maintenance, I would, I would collect it ongoing. So that way you can, you can use it to retain that account. I love that. And there's also this whole concept of, I love how you're planting the seed throughout setting the expectation that it's coming. So it's not a big surprise. Or I see companies that are like, Hey, just like you said, here's my link. Give me a, a good review. They never ask them if they actually deserve the review. They're just like, give me a review. And then they don't get one because people either don't want to be nasty and, or do want to be nasty and you get a bad one or want to be good and give you a good one. But there's a lot of, of uncertainty with that. Right. So if you've done a great job throughout the project, you've over delivered on your expect on their expectations, you set an expectation to deliver, set an expectation to deliver. You just keep doing that over and over and over again. The project will go smooth. And then if you are over delivering on those expectations, so it comes out even better than they expect, faster, cheaper, whatever, then you start building into this whole concept of reciprocity where the client feels obligated to do something nice because you've done so much more than they expected, right? Uh, that's that's really the, the main thing. Imagine doing a project for $100,000 and then at the end only giving them a bill for $95,000, right? I'm not saying you do this, but if that's what makes sense in the overall cost structure for the project and you can save them money at the end, you think that there's a higher likelihood that they're going to be telling everybody online and every friend they can find that, holy crap, they not only came in and did an amazing job, it was an amazing experience, they actually 
it came in cheaper than they expected. When the hell does that ever happen in our industry? It's always more. It's always the fear of what's going to be. It's going to cost us more. Imagine even if it's only a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars less, you look trustworthy because you are, and you mm-hmm. build that reciprocity. And they're like, I want to tell everybody about this because everyone fears the other side of that. Another way to get that that uh, review machine working, but you know, don't take advantage of people in order to do it, of course. But the reality is, there's just it's all about expectations. Exceed them, getting reviews will be easy. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that I wanted to share that's that's really working right now, especially for uh, people who are listening who are more in this maybe 10, 12 clients a year big projects, is sharing price ranging on your website. So you don't need to have like a McDonald's menu of a patio is this and you know a pergola is that, but showing people ranges can help pre-qualify them. And then also weed out people who are like, they have a $50,000 project with a $500 budget. Right. And that, you know, a lot of times you get on the phone or you go and meet with these people. They have no, they've never hired anybody like you. So what's really working is pricing ranges. And I help people create tiers of like, Hey, tier one is a front yard refresh between five and 10,000. You can get this. Okay. Backyards are starting at 15 and I'm making up these prices, but it kind of depends on your area and what kind of projects you want, you know, so fit between 15 and 20, you can get this and here are a few photos. Okay. Custom projects are between 30 and X. And then, yeah, we have projects that are 75 plus or hundred plus or whatever it is that helps a client. When you're on the phone, you can ask them something like, Hey, typically clients are in a few different price brackets. Have you seen our pricing page? I have a client, he says 80% of the time they have it open on the call and they say, yeah, I'm thinking of getting a fire pit and a patio. So I think that puts me in, in price tier two and you can get an agreement from them. Like, okay, so if we looked at a, at a plan that ended up being around $35,000, would that be, be something that you could move forward with this season? Yeah, it is. I've already read it on your website. I've agreed to it. Now I'm going to go out there. That prevents the sales meeting where people pay $30,000 to you landscapers. Why would they do that? Like, right. Let's yeah. prevent, <laughs> Let, it, I, to me, it really helps the, the contractor and the customer figure out what's a realistic price range earlier and it, and it avoids embarrassing the client, right? Cause it's kind of embarrassing when you're trying to buy something and you don't know what it is. And, and then you feel like an idiot. Cause you, has it ever happened to you? It's happened to me in trying to hire people. Like yeah. I have no idea what it's going to cost. And then I, and then I, I meet with them and I'm embarrassed because I'm wasting their time. I don't have the money. Yeah, no, I, I totally have been there. Well, I can remember a situation where we had, we wanted to add a bedroom on the house cause we were expecting our second child. And, and, um, I had an architect come out and take a look, you know, at what he's going to, this is years and years ago, but anyway, he came out and took a look and he's like, you should you probably spend about 80 to a hundred thousand dollars to do this. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, this is back before I knew a lot of what I know now. Right. I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, dude, no way we're going to do it a different way. Maybe I'll get like one of those rental centers. You can sell like 30 bucks a month, <laughs> a bedroom in there, whatever. But, right. <laughs> but I did, I felt like I wasted yeah. his time and he, you know, he felt like he wasted mine and that just wasn't good. And that's super important when it comes to the sales side to preserve both people's integrity, you know, but the only thing you, when it comes to transactional selling, you're focused on, you know, the fire pit or the patio, whatever, if you're dealing smaller sales, 
I totally get that. A lot of people really do resonate well with having an idea of what things should cost. But when it comes to bigger designs and outdoor living, it, it becomes a slippery slope. I've seen both sides of this scenario where when you're giving them grand, you know, frameworks, oh, that project, you know, look at this picture. You can only see it from certain angles. You don't see the front of the house, like in whatever, but pretty soon you get a position where it looks like this is like 125 to 175. And you're like, yo, what's the $50,000 variable here? You know, and people start cutting costs then and without even having an idea of what actually is happening on their site because they might actually have a um, some kind of I don't know something going on there that's different walls things whatever and all of a sudden now they're in a different position so it's really a matter of you know thinking about your clients if that's something they truly want and uh, I, I see the value I see some guys killing it and I see other guys that struggle with that so it's really kind of all over the map with that but anyway um, we got to wrap up here we're getting close to the hour so Jack I appreciate everything you've been saying. You've dropped some great information here. Um, how do people find you? How do they get more of this? Well, um, you know, thanks. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I, uh, you know, I'd love to send you if, you, if you're out there, check out my book, The Tree of Good Fortune. And I'm basically giving it away for free. I only charge like 10 bucks to cover the cost of shipping and printing it. And you can grab that at treeofgoodfortune.com. And uh, hopefully you could drop a link in the show notes. Um, and also you've been on my podcast, so that was a great conversation that you could, you could check out the landscapers guide to modern sales and marketing. Um, so, so those are the two ways that I'd recommend reaching out or, Hey, send me an email. If you want Jack at ramblinjackson.com. I'll reply, have a, have, have a conversation. You, you mean it's just not the milkman? <laughs> uh, yeah it's actually uh jackthemilkman.com i should probably go buy that i guess i need go to buy, go buy that, that right now, now you know what I mean? before your kids go buy it your other children that it looks like yeah. you yeah. <laughs> i love it i love it so jack it's been fun i really appreciate everything you've uh, shared today i'm sure you know the listeners are going to be able to take some of the stuff and put it into action right away which is always the goal and guys if you enjoyed what you listened to today on the podcast you know uh, share it Share it with your friends, share it with your family. You know, the bigger thing here in the industry is to get the information out there to help people, especially the ones that are kind of sitting on the sidelines, hoping like hell they get an opportunity to get out there and really start killing it. You know, it, we're all here to help each other. This is industry is only going to rise when we all collaborate and share what we've learned. So guys, I appreciate you listening and we'll see you next all week. All right. Thanks, guys.